Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today, we're going to be covering two chapters. We're going to, uh, we're going to cover Acts chapter 22 and Acts chapter 23. And uh, just to be honest with you, there's there's not a whole lot to dive into uh, very deep here in these chapters. It's basically Paul being uh, arrested uh, and he is going to be giving his defense to the angry mob and uh, before Felix. Um but just to recap what happened in Acts 21, Paul, you know, he was warned by the Holy Spirit, don't go to Jerusalem, don't go to Jerusalem, don't go to Jerusalem. But yet he continued on his journey. And city after city, the Holy Spirit would warn him of what was to come if he continued to go to Jerusalem and what would happen when he got to Jerusalem. And Paul made the statement to, to the people that he was ready to die uh, for the sake of the gospel. And so he continued his trip to Jerusalem. And at the end of Acts chapter 21, when he makes it to Jerusalem, he's there less than a week when someone spotted him in the temple. And they just assumed that he had brought a Gentile into the temple. And so they grab him and they drag him outside. And then this mob just begins just to, just to lay into him and just to pound him and, and beat him. And they would have beaten him to death. But the commotion that has uh, now arisen... Uh, it, it got the attention of the Roman army, the Roman soldiers, and so they, they, they show up and, and they basically rescue Paul. They arrest him and, and, and they bound him in chains, but they had to, to raise him above their shoulders to get him away from the crowd. And, and the, the, the people wanted to kill Paul, and they were shouting as, as the soldiers were taking him uh, to, to uh, a safe place. He says, verse, Luke says in verse 36 that the crowd followed behind shouting, kill him, kill him. And I, say, I, I titled the last podcast, Be Careful What You Wish For, because you might just get it. And that's exactly what happens to Paul because uh, he was warned, like I said, by the Holy Spirit many times not to go to Jerusalem. Yet he continued to go and he was there less than a week when uh, he would have been, like I said, he'd have been beaten to death right there on the spot by this angry mob had it not been for the Roman soldiers showing up and arresting him. And so uh, after he's arrested, the soldiers carry him into the fortress uh, because they want to know who he is and, and what has he done to cause such an uproar. And um, they, they think that he's some kind of rebel. They think that he's some kind of hellraiser when in reality, Paul himself has been nearly beaten to death for serving the very person that you serve. And that was the one true God, God Jehovah, Jehovah God. Uh, he has been obedient to the will of God, that it, and that will was to take this message of salvation to the Gentiles. And we, we'll, we'll see that here when we get into Acts 22. Um, but this angry mob that wanted to kill him, they, they, they actually, they're going to, Paul is going to beg the, uh, the Roman soldiers to put him down on the steps and let him give a defense. And these people are actually, this angry mob that had just been beating him to death and would have killed him, they're going to actually be quiet and listen to Paul as he speaks to them, as he's trying to give 
them uh, his defense, and they, they listen intently, especially because Paul starts speaking their language. And so they listen to what he has to say, but as soon as he mentions that, God, that Jesus has sent him to the Gentiles, well, then all hell breaks loose again, and, and these people start shouting, kill this man. They, they, want, they wanted Paul dead. So, you know, if you think about it, this is nothing for the Jews. They, they don't really care. Uh, you know, they, they crucified God's son. They crucified Jesus, the, the very Messiah that they've been looking for for hundreds and thousands of years. And so, you know, what's the big deal about killing this, this guy named Paul who they think is out persuading people not to follow God's law? And that's not the case at all. Paul never did that. But that's what they had heard. And so that's what they assumed that Paul was doing. And they wanted this man gone. Um, they didn't like the Gentiles. And they, they, you know, they, they definitely were not going to worship with a Gentile. And uh, so the very God that they serve... You know, he has other plans because Jesus even told uh, his disciples earlier in his ministry that there was another fold that God was welcoming in, and that would be the the Gentiles. So the Jews would be worshiping together with the Gentiles in unity uh, in what we call the church. Paul says this in Galatians 3, 26-29. He says, For you are all the children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ. Like putting on new clothes, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. And see, the Jews... They claim, and they were the children of Abraham. That goes way back uh, to to, uh, to uh, Genesis and Exodus, and, and uh, when Abraham got the promises from God, and 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 those those promises that they were basically in the Old Testament, they were God's chosen people, and they let that go to their heads. And so uh, here's Paul saying, when we are baptized into Christ and our sins have been forgiven, we've been washed in the blood of Jesus, and we're We've been filled with God's Holy Spirit. And he says, there, there's, there's no longer Jew or Gentile. Those, those labels are gone. They're, 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 they're no longer uh, anymore. And there's no slave or free. There's no male or female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. And we are, those of us who have been washed in the blood of Jesus, we are the true children of Abraham. Um, so, Keep in mind that God desires unity and not division. We talked about that in a podcast some time back, that God desires unity. He desires us to be one and to worship as one. And that is the enemy that causes division because if he can cause division, it makes us weak. Because the more we're divided, the weaker we become. But if we are all unified as one, the stronger uh, that we become. And so it's, it's very difficult for the Jews to accept this concept that, that the God that they worship and have worshipped for hundreds and hundreds of years now wants Jews and Gentiles to worship together uh, as one in the kingdom of God. Um, but it, it was just a hard concept for them to grasp because they just did not like Gentiles. And, and, and the basic definition of a Gentile is if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. 
Uh, and Jews, remember, they're entitled because they're, they're God's chosen people in, in the Old Testament. But now in the New Testament, the church, those who have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, are God's chosen people. Um, and so, as I said a while ago, this whole thing with Paul, when he was in Jerusalem for less than a week, they were beating him, they drug him out of the temple. This whole thing started because some Jews just assumed that Paul had brought a, a, a Gentile into the temple when he had he, he did not do um, he, he did not do that he did he didn't bring a Gentile into uh, the temple I believe his name was Trophimus so in Acts twenty two Paul asked the soldiers as I said earlier to to put him down on the steps because he wants to talk to this angry mob that literally just wanted him dead just just about beat him to a pulp and he wants to defend himself against their accusations. And, and, and so I, I liken this uh, to, uh, you know, a pack of dogs, angry dogs that are just come at you and they're just tearing you apart. But somehow or another you get away from the dogs and you maybe jump up on the back of a vehicle and, 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 and you're standing there talking to the dogs and say, now let me tell you why you shouldn't be doing this because I want to tell you who I am and, and, and what I represent and, and, and I want to give my defense. Those dogs don't care. They want you dead. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna tear you apart. They're gonna uh, rip you uh, uh, asunder. But you know, it's kind of like Paul just bending over and, and just petting the, the the angry dog on the head and saying, "Hey, big fella, let me pet you on the head and tell you uh, why you shouldn't be doing this." And so, what we're gonna do in in this podcast is we're gonna just go through Acts twenty two and Acts twenty three and uh, and just read Paul's defense because that's basically what these two chapters are and maybe just point out a a couple of things here or there Um, and so I want to make a suggestion if you're not familiar with Paul's um, conversion to go back and read Acts chapter 9 because that that is when he is on uh, he's been uh, going from house to house and, and and pulling men and women out of their homes and bringing them to jail some of them are dying, they're dying uh, because of their faith in Jesus. And then he's on his uh, way to Damascus when uh, the light shines around him and it knocks him off his horse and it's Jesus. And he, Jesus and, and Paul have this, uh, Saul at the time, has a conversation. And from that point on, uh, Paul uh, dedicates his life to serving Jesus. So, when we come back from break, we're going to read Acts 22 and we'll dive into uh, Paul's defense to this angry mob that has literally just beaten the crap out of him and they want him dead. So we'll see what Paul has to say to him and see if he can convince them that, that he's done nothing wrong. We'll be right back. Do you know anybody that worries? Maybe that person that you know that worries is you. And worry is not a good thing. Worry is just another form of fear. Uh, and maybe it's because of the stuff that's going on in our world. It, it's causing chaos in our lives. It's wreaking havoc in our lives, our society. We, you know, we turn on the news and we see all this bad stuff. We get on uh, social media and we see all this bad stuff. And, and so if we let it, this stuff, it can cause us to worry. It can cause us to have anxiety. It can cause panic. It can cause us to fear. And nobody needs that. God gave us a measure of faith, and worry is a faith killer. So my advice to you is to read Matthew chapter 6 and let God's Word 
calm you down. Here's some highlights from Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says, Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? The answer is no. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. That means live right according to God. And He will give you everything you need. Let me tell you something. No matter what's going on in the world around you, God's got this. Trust Him. As we were going to break, I was just talking about how Paul is going to give his defense to this angry mob that wanted him dead. So, uh, in Acts 22, we're just going to read through this and make a few comments. And if we have time, we'll get into Acts 23 because it's basically the same thing. Paul giving his defense before the governor. And so he says in Acts 22, as he looks at this angry crowd that just about beat him to a pulp and tried to kill him, he says, Brothers and esteemed fathers, listen to me as I offer my offense. And when they heard him speaking in their own language, the silence was even greater. And Paul said, I am a Jew. So he starts off just by just flat out saying, hey, I am one of you. You're trying to kill me, but I am a Jew. I am one of you. Born in Tarsus, a city of Cilicia. And I was brought up and educated here, right here in Jerusalem under Gamaliel. And they would be very familiar with Gamaliel. So he's got their attention right off the bat. Hey, I'm one of you. I am a Jew just like you are, and not only am I a Jew like you are, I am very educated because I went to the school of Gamaliel. As his student, I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws and customs. I became very zealous to honor God in everything I did, just like all of you today. And so you can see how Paul is just, he's just laying it right there in front of these people saying, this is who I am. I'm a Jew just like you. I'm educated. I know all about the law. I know the law like the back of my hand. And see, their, their accusations against Paul was that he was teaching people not to follow God's law. And so he's telling them right off the bat, I'm a Jew just like you. I know all about the law. I'm very educated under Gamaliel. And I, I, I was very zealous about God's law. And I wanted to honor God. He said, just like you, uh, today. And he says I, uh, in verse 4, he says, I persecuted the followers of the way, hounding some to death, arresting both men and women, and throwing them in prison. So, so Paul is admitting that people were murdered for following Jesus under his watch. Right there. The high priest and the whole council of elders can testify that this is so. So he's saying, I kill people for following Jesus, and there's people who witnessed it, and they will uh, account for what I'm telling you. Uh, the high priest and the whole council of elders can testify that this is so, for I received letters from them for, uh, to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, authorizing me to bring the Christians from there to Jerusalem in chains to be punished. And as I was, as I was on the road approaching Damascus about noon, so we have a timeline, a very bright light from heaven suddenly shone down around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the Nazarene, the one 
you are persecuting. And the people with me, they saw the light, but they didn't understand the voice that was speaking to me. So it, it was directly to Paul. And I asked, what should I do, Lord? And the Lord told me, get up and go into Damascus, and there you will be told everything that you are to do. And Paul says, I was blinded by the intense light, and I had to be led by the hand to Damascus uh, by my companions. And a man named Ananias lived there. He was a godly man, deeply devoted to the law, and well regarded by all the Jews of Damascus. He came and he stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, regain your sight. And at that very moment, I could see him. If you remember, if you go back and read Acts chapter 9, it happens exactly how Paul is saying that it happened here. And, and Jesus had come to Ananias beforehand and told Ananias that Paul, or Saul at the time, would be coming to visit him. And he was scared to death because he had heard how this man had uh, had been wreaking havoc on the people who followed Jesus. And, and Ananias is like, well, what do you mean he's coming to see me? Why, why is he coming here for? And, and, and Jesus says, hey, it's okay. He, 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 he's following me now. He's one of us. Um, and so Paul is giving his defense, and it lines up exactly how it did and how, how it happened in Acts chapter 9. And so in verse 14, Paul says, Then he told me, The God of our ancestors has chosen you, uh, to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear him speak. For you are to be his witnesses, telling everyone what you have seen and heard. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and have your sins washed uh, away by calling on the name of the Lord. And after I returned to Jerusalem, I was praying in the temple and fell into a trance. And I saw a vision of Jesus saying to me, Hurry, leave Jerusalem, for the people here won't accept your testimony about me. But Lord, I argued, they certainly know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believe in you. And I was in complete agreement when your witness, Stephen, was killed. I stood by and kept the coats they took off when they stoned him. And you can read all about that in Acts chapter 8. And uh, he's, uh, when he's... Uh, when he told, when Jesus tells him, "Hurry, leave Jerusalem, for the people here won't accept your testimony." If you go back and read, right after he is uh, uh, gives his, he's converted, he gives his life to Jesus, and he goes back to Jerusalem. The people are scared to death of him, and it was Barnabas, the one who's going to be traveling around with uh, Paul to start those churches on the first missionary journey. It was Barnabas who uh, was that he bridged that gap between uh, Saul and the apostles and the church in Jerusalem. And when the people in Jerusalem heard about Saul, they wanted to kill him right off the bat. And so they, that night, they lowered Paul down over the wall, and he went back home for a, a period of time, maybe like three years or so, whatever. Um, and so Jesus is telling Paul, he says, you're going to be my witness to the Gentiles. And uh, he says in verse 21, the Lord said to me, go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. And and that was the turning point of, of Paul's message here because the crowd, Luke says the crowd listened until Paul said that word. And then they all began to shout, away with such a fellow. He isn't fit to live. And they yelled and they threw their coats off and they tossed handfuls of dust into the air. And you can imagine that this crowd is, is pretty big what this what this would look like and, and the soldiers you know are thinking what in the world is this this man done that is so bad that these people want him dead well in verse 24 luke writes that the commander brought paul inside and ordered him lashed with whips 
to make him confess his crime. So, you know, if you're not going to tell us what you've done, we're going to beat it out of you. And uh, he wanted to find out why the crowd had become so furious. And when they tied Paul down to lash him, Paul said to the officer standing there, he said, Is it legal for you to whip a Roman citizen who hasn't even been tried? Uh-oh. You can't do that. That's uh, you, will, you can lose your citizenship for doing so, and you can be put to death for doing so. And when the officer heard this, he went to the commander and asked, What are you doing? This man is a Roman citizen. And so the commander went over and asked Paul, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I certainly am, Paul replied. I am too, the commander muttered, and it cost me plenty. So that you know, he bought his citizenship. It cost him a lot of money, which you could do back in those days. You, uh, little towns and villages, they could pay uh, taxes to Rome and be under Rome's protection and, and have uh, a Roman citizenship. And, you know, and they would be protected under uh, Rome. But uh, Paul answered, he says, I'm a citizen by birth. And in verse 29, Luke writes, The soldiers who were about to interrogate Paul quickly withdrew when they heard that he was a Roman citizen, and the commander was frightened because he had ordered him bound and whipped. And the next day, the commander ordered the leading priest into session with the Jewish high council, and he wanted to find out what the trouble was all about. So he released Paul to have him stand before them. And then it goes into ver uh, chapter 23, and it's it's almost exactly the same thing. It's Paul before this council, and he gives the same defense. He says in verse 1, I've always lived before God with a clear conscience. And as soon as he said that, he is slapped. He is commanded uh, by the high priest to be slapped, and he was. And he, he back talks the high priest and says, who do you think you are You know, breaking God's law having me slapped? Uh, but but one thing I want to point out here is what Paul says. He says, I have always lived before God with a clear conscience. And I said, er, way back in Acts chapter 8 and 9, when Paul was there with, with the persecution and, these, and wreaking havoc on the church and, and pulling these men and women out of homes and breaking up families and, and, and having them put in prison and some of the people died, I, I always said that Paul did that with a clear conscience. He thought that he was doing the will of God. He literally thought he was doing God a favor by getting rid of these Jesus followers, these, these people of the way. And, and here he is, 14 chapters later, and, and many years later, before this, this council, and he says, Hey, I always have lived before God with a clear conscience. So when he was wreaking havoc on the church and murdering people for their faith, it didn't bother his conscience. He thought he was doing the right thing for God, and he wasn't. And so the high priest, he commanded Paul to be slapped, and, and, and so Paul you know, says, God will slap you, you corrupt hypocrite. What kind of judge do you, uh, do you uh, break the law yourself by ordering me to be struck like that? And those standing near Paul said, do you dare to insult God's high priest? And he says, I'm sorry, brothers. I didn't realize that he was the high priest. For the scriptures say you must not speak evil of any of your rulers. And Paul realized that some of the members of the high council were Sadducees and some were Pharisees. Well, here's the difference between the two. Uh, Paul is going to yell, he's going to shout, and this is a good move on Paul's part here. He says, brothers, I'm a Pharisee, as, as some of, were some of my ancestors, and I'm on trial because of my hope is in the resurrection of the dead. 
Well, Luke gives us the difference between the Sadducees and Pharisees. It says, This divided the council, the Pharisees against the Sadducees, for the Sadducees say there is no resurrection, or angels, or spirits, but the Pharisees believe in all of these. And so there was a great uproar, and some of the teachers of the religious law who were Pharisees jumped up and began to argue forcefully. We see nothing wrong with him, they shouted. Perhaps a spirit or an angel spoke to him. And as the conflict grew more violent, the commander was afraid that they would tear Paul apart, so he ordered his soldiers to go and rescue him by force and take him back to the fortress. And that night, the Lord, Jesus, he appears to Paul, and he says, Be encouraged, Paul. Just as you have been witness to me here in Jerusalem, you must preach the good news in Rome as well. So Paul knew that he would at least get to go to Rome and that he would get to preach the gospel there in Rome. And that was, was what his goal was. That was what his plan was to, to, to do all along. That's why he kept saying, I've got to get to Jerusalem. i got to get to Jerusalem. And so the next day, there's going to be a plot to kill Paul. And there's about 40 Jews who makes this oath that they're not going to eat anything until they kill Paul. And the, what happens is Paul's, uh, let's see, I think it was Paul's cousin or Paul's nephew, uh, verse 16 of Acts 23, but Paul's nephew, his sister's son, heard of their plan and they went to the fortress and told Paul, and Paul tells the Roman officers, and so that plan uh, is, uh, was uh, failed because uh, the, the, uh, the commander he tells him, he said in verse 23, the commander called for two of his officers and ordered, get 200 soldiers ready to leave for Caesarea at 9 o'clock tonight. Also take 200 spearmen and 70 mounted troops. Provide horses for Paul to ride and get him safely to Governor Felix. Then he wrote this letter to the governor from Claudius Lysias to His Excellency, Governor Felix. Greetings. This man was seized by some Jews and they were about to kill him. And I, when I, <clears throat> I arrived with some troops and I learned what he was, that he was a Roman citizen, I removed him to safety. And then I took him to their high council to try to learn the basis of his accusation against him. And I soon discovered that the charge was something regarding his religious law, certainly nothing worth of imprisonment or death. But when I was informed of a plot to kill him, I immediately sent him on to you. And I told you, I told his accusers to bring their charges before you. And so... They're going to uh, take Paul and they're going to make sure, these, these, these Roman soldiers are going to make sure that Paul makes it to Felix safely so that he can uh, have his trial because that, that's, you know, he, he wants to be tried. You can't beat a Roman citizen if he hasn't been tried. And so that, that is what's going to take place. In chapter 24, Paul is going to appear before Felix and then in chapter 25, Paul is going to appear before Festus. And then in uh, 26, Paul appears before Agrippa. And in 27, he'll be sent to Rome. And so these next few chapters uh, will just be Paul rehearsing over and over again his defense and telling these people what had happened to him uh, when he was converted to Jesus. Um so I know today's podcast has been a little bit different. We haven't really dived into anything deep. But I just want to make sure that I cover all the basis for this chapter. And I just want to, again, thank you for listening. And we'll pick up with uh, Acts 24 in the next podcast. Uh, we will pick up with Acts 24 in the next podcast. 
God bless you, and I pray that you have a good day. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.